Uh, and the, the, the hospitals are not hiring ill employees or ill physicians. No, they're hiring healthy physicians that become ill by their work and the system they are in. We heard a few podcasts ago about burnout, what it is and why it should be thought of as a systems issue. Well, a project in the Netherlands is looking at the other side, who it is that's particularly at risk of burnout. Now that project hopes to test whether individually tailored coaching and counselling can help those who are experiencing the symptoms of burnout change the way they're working. I'm Duncan Jarvis, Multimedia Editor at the BMJ, and in this podcast, I'm joined by my colleague, Abby Rimmer, Careers Editor for the BMJ. Hi, Abby. Hi, Duncan. And Abby and I are joined by Carl Schepstra, a psychiatrist and researcher at the Amsterdam University Medical Centre. Hi, Carl. Hi, Duncan and Abby. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Abby, just before we go into this, we've been doing quite a lot of well-being. Can you just give us a quick update on uh, well-being in the BMJ? Sure. So well-being is one of the campaign issues that the BMJ is looking at at the moment. Um, We started off with a campaign around doctor's breaks and doctor's break spaces. So we had a hashtag that we used on social media, hashtag give us a break. And that was looking not only at the lack of spaces available to doctors to take their breaks in hospitals, so doctor's messes, consultant rooms, but also around the culture in medicine in the UK, around people not taking the time to look after themselves. So we really wanted to encourage people to think a bit more about that and maybe take a bit of time for themselves, which is just a very small aspect of obviously a wider issue in the UK of doctors suffering from burnout and stress and anxiety. But it was just a small part of some wider work that we're hoping to do at the BMJ looking at well-being. Great, thank you. And part of uh, that has also been work on burnout, as you say. And if you're listening to this, um, you can have a look back in the feed. And we had a really interesting chat uh, about burnout and why it's a systems issue rather than maybe an individual one. But Carol, if we come back to you now, this is a uh, a problem that's you know in place in the Netherlands too. Um, You've been doing some work to try and actually quantify uh, the rates of um, people suffering from you know, burnout symptoms like depression, anxiety and, and stress after traumatic events. Um, could you tell, take us through what you looked at and, and a bit about what you found? Um, yes, so um, you're right. So we've, um, uh, we did do a, a survey among several uh, medical uh, specialties um, here in the Netherlands, where we uh, try to measure uh, symptoms of depression, anxiety, um, psychological distress, and post-traumatic stress, um, and we focused a lot on adverse events or potential traumatic events to see whether there is a relation between such an event, uh, so, uh, like a, a very severe incident with a patient, or patient death or complication uh, in relation to the mental health of the physicians. Um, And um, what we actually see is that there is quite some symptoms of depression and anxiety um, among physicians, especially when you compare it to the the prevalence rates of these symptoms among 
high income population in the Netherlands. So around for depression, it's around six and a half percent versus three percent. So it's like double. And the same goes for anxiety. Um, for PTSD, the the numbers are low. So in our uh, cohort, we saw a prevalence of probable PTSD of 1.5%. Um, however, this prevalence is um, really related to a, a traumatic event in the workplace. Uh, like So it is a medical event. So um, and that's actually um, quite a lot, we think. It's lower than the prevalence prevalences that are shown in other uh, studies, but we've we think it's um, um, it comes closer to the real prevalence rate. It's a big problem, and uh, burnout and depression they very much relate and are overlapping. I'd say. Yeah, and Abby, that's kind of that's not just the Netherlands. We've seen similar data in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say that um, increasingly doctors in the UK are suffering from um, burnout, depression, anxiety. Actually, it was um, questions about this issue were added to the uh, GMC National Training Survey last year or the year before, which I think reflects how concerned people are about these issues, even among young doctors, which may be surprising because you sometimes think of burnout as an issue that doctors suffer for, you know, later on in their careers, having worked for a long time. But um, And I think probably... Carl, Carl's findings will show the same thing, that this is also affecting young doctors as well. Yes, so the, we see definitely see the same numbers in res, uh, resident registrars compared to attending physicians. So that's, that's the junior people at the start of their career? Yes. Part of what you've done as well is, is pick up on these findings and then you've wanted to uh, try and make a difference. Um, so you're starting a new program uh, in the Netherlands to try and help uh, young physicians or <laughs> older physicians as well um, yeah. with with aspects of, of, of burnout. Yes. Yeah, so we uh, here in the, the Amsterdam uh, University Medical Center, we, uh, we have a yearly rounds of innovation funding. And um, uh, last year we applied for funding um, and we actually we, we got it we got this for for a three-year project and we we called it uh, registrar vitality improvement so it's uh, we, we we try to focus on vitality but we will um, we will be measuring burnout and also we would like to measure depression and anxiety and post-traumatic stress um, and but we 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 called it vitality improvement because we really think that um, like you said before, um, one of the big problems is the system where we work in, uh, and the, the the hospitals are not hiring ill employees or ill physicians. No, they're hiring healthy physicians that become ill by their work and the system they are in. Um, so we try to focus on the positive and call it vitality improvement. Um, and well, we are very happy that we got the funding. It's for three uh, years, and it's very ambitious. We we want to follow six hundred uh, registrars here for eighteen months, um, and we are going to measure risk factors for burnout, but also we are going to try an intervention um, uh, to see whether we can yeah, implement an intervention for um, preventing burnout or other uh, mental health symptoms. And um, what is that intervention going to be? Yes, yeah, so that this intervention is going to be a, a form of coaching. 
Um, and um, it is a very, it's a bit of a different form of coaching. So what we will do is at baseline, we are going to measure all participants um, uh, through a survey and also through a game, which has been developed by psychologists from the university here in Amsterdam. Um, and this game, it has around 1,500 to 200 measuring points where they measure uh, all kinds of cognitive skills. Uh, so it's kind of a neuropsychological re uh, research where you, but then in a game. So you're um, uh, trying to benchmark different skills and pitfalls in someone's cognitive profile, for example, in memory or attention or control. Um, and uh, it will give more than 2,000 measurements. And we are going to see whether we can make a kind of a profile that is susceptible for developing symptoms and hmm. um, why a game there i mean it seems like the, you know we've he heard lots about surveys and, and different ways of trying to to capture it what is it about the game that you think is particularly an interesting way to try and um, measure this yes so a game i think it fits well in our modern society as well so the young doctors are used to doing these things on the computer so that's one of the reasons why and the other reason is that a game like this, it will give a lot more measurement points uh, and it is a lot faster. So it, they can complete it in about uh, 40 minutes uh, compared to a, um, a survey or a survey that would give as much as information as this game does, you, will, you would take a lot more hours. Um, so so that, that, that's two of the reasons I think that, that why we're doing it. Could you just explain what the game is for us? Yeah, I, I can't, I can't really explain everything about the game uh, because I have not, I have done it, I have not developed it, uh, um, and um, so it, and it's also actually owned by someone. So, but I, but it's, but it's fun to do, yes, um, and um, yeah, so it's, it's actually a couple of different games that measure different cognitive skills. Um, um, and it's it's actually on a it's on a website, so it's not with a joystick or something like this. Um, uh, and it's fun to fun to do. It takes about 40, 40 minutes, uh, and seeing that all that most physicians here are extremely busy, um, I think it's a really fun way to do a measurement like this. So when it's when you're going in and, and playing this game, what's actually being measured in the background? Um, so um, it's actually four large domains, um, which are then subdivided again in smaller domains. And the four larger domains are memory, uh, anticipation, uh, control, and attention. Um, and for example, in memory, they, they will measure your capacity of how much, um, how well your uh, working memory is. Uh, and for example, anticipation, um, you measure stress resilience, um, in control you, you measure automatic movements and inhibition and flexibility, and in attention you can measure speed of attention, for example, those are all different categories it will measure. And so those four domains, is there good correlation between you know, your ability within them and burnout? So, 
We don't know the relation with uh, uh, burnout, to be honest. I mean, you could hypothesize about this. Um, um, and I don't think there is one um, w- one of these domains that will, will, will be a huge risk factor for burnout. It's probably like a profile um, that will give a kind of risk profile. Um, but I don't think there. Are, I, I actually don't know which kind of um, which domains are a huge, a big risk factor for burnout. No. Okay. It's interesting. I, I don't know whether you were able to comment on this, but I um, was at a talk today, and it was someone discussing autistic spectrum disorders and how, particularly in the UK, we maybe recruit people into medical school who portray traits of people who have autistic spectrum conditions because those things also make them good doctors and you just talking then about the kind of four traits that you're looking for in this in these games and I wonder whether you'll find that we recruit doctors with certain characteristics because they make them good doctors but maybe those characteristics also make them more at risk of burnout. Yes well uh, I think it may also depend on what type of doctor you're becoming because I think uh, different types of specialists require different types of cognitive profiles. I think that even the different types of hospitals may require different types of cognitive profiles. Um, so it will be very interesting to measure the different specialties because we're going to me- measure all the, the specialties and um, uh, it is interesting to compare them. Because I think memory and attention, um, 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 some of these skills, they might be much more important, for example, for an uh, anesthesiologist uh, than for, for myself, for a psychiatrist. Um, so I think, I think we're going to find different kinds of profiles because you need different kinds of skills at diff- in different settings. Carl, can I ask you a bit about the, the coaching and how that's going to work. I mean, how often will the residents interact with their coach? Will they see them in person or will they talk to them online? Do you know how that system's going to work? Um, yes, yeah, so they will have... Um, so we'll, it's going to be a randomized controlled trial, that part. So we're going to randomize the participants into groups, no coach and a coach. Um, and uh, there will be three coaching sessions um, in nine months, um, and uh, all the the group that did not get the coach, they will actually start after nine months. So all participants will get a coach at some point, um, and it's three sessions of a couple of hours, and it's face to face. So um, yeah, and the the coach is going to um, uh, talk through the cognitive profile that has been measured by the game. And um, I'm going to talk about the benchmarks they they made and which skills and pitfalls were found in in their profile. And so we call this job crafting, actually. And it, it it's very similar to what you were talking about these breaks, for example. Um, this is a very simple, but very easy and practical implementation. And 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 actually, this is the coaching is about this as well. So if you are, for example, not very stress resilient, then the coach might give this uh, taking a break, for example, as a solution. So it's very practical. It's not about underlying 
coping mechanisms or talking about, you know, your upbringing or something. No, it's very, um, uh, very about uh, job crafting and um, yeah, and, and about your work environment and how you can optimize it to, you know, cope with a very demanding work environment. You've touched on this before, um, but it sounds like kind of the intervention that you're you're putting in place is looking at how the doctors themselves can sort of change the way that they work to work better within a system that maybe isn't working for them. And I wonder how much this can solve things if it's actually the system that's at fault and not the individual. Yeah, so this is a very, very good point because... Um, um, the way we, we have uh, designed this study, it looks almost looks like we are we are saying uh, that the problem is the individual, but this is really not the case. So we 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 definitely know it's a multifactorial problem. So the risk factors are uh, both in work environment, so the, the hospital system in the workplace and the the culture. Um, some risk factors are uh, personality traits, and some risk factors are personal circumstances, so so ongoing life events, for example. Um, and we we do not think by start, starting this study that the, that the solution is only by changing these personality traits. But um, there, there was actually no way at this point to uh, think about an intervention that um, that solves the other risk factors. So, so what we are going to do is we are going to find the risk factors, for example, in work environment, and we will be giving an advice to uh, uh, to the um, the hospital to tell them and show them what actually the large risk factors are concerning environment. Um, but but the study does not con- does not yet yet have a uh, intervention intervention in this part. Mm. And I mean, Abby, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we did quite a lot of sort of looking around about, you know, the problems with um, Give Us a Break. And uh, it seemed like, you know, as you said there, some of your advice might be to someone if you're you're being particularly stressed out, you need to be able to take some time out. But there's a whole sort of cultural inhibition to doing that and, and maybe even a, a rotor-based inhibition from, from being able to do that. So is that something that you're going to be measuring as well, um, where maybe the advice to the individual is impossible or, or conflicts with, you know, their, their duties in the hospital? Well, we, I don't, we are not going to measure it in this uh, um, study, um, but we did, we did uh, in previous studies, we did look into, into this, so which, with, which barriers there are to, um, you know, to, um, look for for peer support or look for professional help so and these barriers are definitely here in the netherlands as well um i think it's one of the the reasons why it's lagging behind healthcare service in other occupations um, um we in one of our previous studies we we saw that a lot of the physicians they report that they actually never learned how to deal with uh, severe events or to deal with stress um, so we, we're not going to measure it in our next study but I do think we have to implement it in uh, as early as possible in medical training so implement it in 
uh, rotations and also um, more in the, the, the medical specialty training. Uh, in my opinion, it is increasing. There's more awareness. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of groups of young physicians that are coming together to talk about problems with patients or talk about struggles. So there, there is definitely something going on. But not always from the, uh, uh, not always implemented by the hospitals themselves. Just going back to the coaching, if you don't mind, I just wanted to ask. I mean, if you find that giving someone a coach, I think you said three times over nine months, if you find that that's successful, I mean, is that something that could potentially be rolled out across the Netherlands for all residents? Well, this. This, that would be great. That would, it would be very interesting to see if that's um, if it works, and um, we're definitely going to make it a recommendation. Then, one of the um, uh, prerequisites of getting a funding like this in the in the form as it is, so the, the innovation funding, is that that there um, must be a possibility to continue or implement it some way. So there will. At some point, uh, we will write a report on what our findings are and give advice or a recommendation towards the, the management of the hospital. Um, so that's actually a prerequisite. And what we often see is that these innovation projects definitely lead to change for implementation. So it's very hopeful. Um, but, you know, it's a bit early. I don't know. I don't know yet what is going to be the outcome of this uh, uh, study, but only the fact that there is funding and that there is uh, will lead to more awareness i think that's already um, great um, and i think we we received the funding because it's um, it's a priority of the hospital here the, the you know it is also a problem here in the netherlands and um, it's a priority to to find a solution some way so Carl, you're starting this study now when do you expect to publish well um the, it will take a while um, but the plan is to publish the protocol of the study uh, and also to publish the pilot so when we have done the first 20 registrars so and that that's something we'll, we will do quite soon hopefully this year and Abby, for the people who are interested in our wellbeing campaign, uh, what have you got coming up? What should people be keeping an eye out for there? So we're continuing the work that we've been doing so far on wellbeing. We now have a feature that goes in the BMJ about once every three weeks. Uh, we've called it a YI. So we have an interview with a doctor who has done something. It could be small. It could be sort of a, a wider, you know, hospital-wide campaign. Something that they do to improve their own well-being. So we've had a junior doctor who has put free sanitary protection in the toilets in the hospital for junior doctors so they don't get stressed on night shifts when they can't get to the shops. We've had doctors who play sports, doctors who sing. So those are sort of pieces that highlight nice um, well-being type issues in the BMJ. And longer term, we will continue to cover issues such as this. You know, burnout is a very important issue for doctors in the UK, um, depression, suicide, those types of issues. You've been listening to Abby Rimmer and Carl Shapester talk about well-being and burnout. For more from our well-being campaign, keep an eye on our website, bmj.com/wellbeing. 
That's it for this episode, but we'll be back next week talking about Brexit and health. What does the potential impending no-deal Brexit mean for the NHS? If you've not subscribed, then you really should do, because that will be important. We're on all the places that you can find podcasts, so check us out there. So, until next week, I'm Duncan Jarvis. Thanks for listening.